the lovely listener. It's Celia, host of Love Waits for You. This is your first time joining me. This podcast was originally uh, my journey to self-worth and healing. I suppose it's been that the entire time. It's just if anyone listening has embarked on their healing journey, then they know there's layers, there's, there's seasons, there's ebbs and flows to it. It's not always feeling like a miracle is happening because essentially that's what healing feels like, you know, um, to, to go back to one of my very big core wounds, it was this feeling of unworthiness and that belief came before all of my negative or self-destructive behaviors in my childhood. And that belief came about from trauma. So these are, these are things that, you know, time heals and time also teaches. Even when I wrote my first book when I was 25 years old and there was so much healing from that, from finally sharing my story and getting it out there, even though I had so much fear of people judging me, um, I just knew it would help other people. It's That wasn't enough where I was at that time. So some of my listeners, you may be, have met me from one of the centers that I've been to. And of course, what I do whenever I visit uh, either a recovery center or a mental health center that you know, focuses on PTSD and trauma and stuff like that. Not only just drugs, but I'll donate a copy of my first book. And I think, I really feel like that for people that are new to healing, people that are in, you know, actively in an addiction or unconscious, I'm I'm using different terms for whoever my listeners are. Basically, I'm trying to speak I'm hoping something I say resonates with you because it all kind of means the same thing. I mean, it all absolutely means the same thing. So I'm using different words for um, the different types of listeners that I have. My preferred word right now would be um, unconscious. But if that word doesn't resonate with you, just um, just it, take the other couple of words I said before that. I don't even know what they were. <laughs> but um or like, you know, somebody that's actively in addiction or not even realizing that trauma is at the root of their self-destructive behavior. Those are all unconscious. And by unconscious, I mean unawake. And, you know, okay, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, I recently had a conversation with someone who, um, you know, is currently having suicidal thoughts and not, you know, ideation. But to me, you know, I told them, this is like, you're, you know, because they were telling me about their emotions and how they're just breaking down crying and all this stuff. And I said, you really need to look at this like it's a dark night of the soul. And this is like a spiritual awakening. Like this is a rebirth. And you need to read all the positive material you can get your hands on. You need to listen to all the positive material. You need to seek a higher power because that's going to determine like which way you go. 
because it's so easy to kind of not do those things for some people and to just wallow and stay in that victim mindset. But it's hard to feel sorry for people if they if that's where they stay. And it's okay for you to stay there for a season, but as soon as you are made aware of what you're doing, it's your it's then your responsibility to get out of it. And it's almost like it's the people that have been there before, like me, and gotten out of it. Like those are gonna be the only people that can touch those people and can speak to those people. And you know, it just makes it you know, I already knew it was all worthwhile, everything I'd been through and it was um, you know, spiritual lessons and things that I was meant to go through for a future that, you know, unfolds before my eyes as each day goes. It's like, I know, I've always known big things were going to be, but like, okay, I want to rush it and I want to get there. I want to be speaking on stages. I want to be selling, having a book deal and selling books, you know, beyond just the few hundred people that bought my last book or the people that I'm donating it to. Like, I want to help tons of people because, you know, what I went through just doesn't happen to everybody. Like the, the every, you know, I had a friend say, you know, there's a story, your story isn't for everyone, but there's a story within it for everyone. Meaning literally everybody has something that I've been through that they've gone through, but there's not that many people because it's so odd that, like, I experience, like, all the different kinds of traumas. Um, and especially to be who I am today. Because none of that was ever who I was. And that's the hardest part about breaking free. Is the shame. It, it keeps you there. Because the shame tells you you're trash. You, you could never get out of this. And really, you know, it was my husband that told me, I believed it. That that was never true. I'm a little emotional today because, and I haven't, if this is your first time joining me, I do not cry on every podcast. In the beginning, I kind of did. It was healing my journey to self-worth and healing. And then it turned into me being like, okay, well, let me share what I'm learning, um, what I'm studying. I can tell you what I have not studied enough yet to do a podcast on, but internal family systems. I'd heard this term before and I thought it meant about like people in your family, but Google it until I share what my take with you. Um, I've done a little bit of looking into it, but again, not enough to have record an episode on, but I think that's my next form of self-healing is learning about that. I find that I can heal just from awareness, raising my awareness, raising things that I'm, you know, conscious and coming to about. Like that though that study I never looked into. I always thought, you know, and it kind of goes along with this um reel that I saw on Instagram the other day that I made where the girl's like talking about like you have to love the contradictory parts of yourselves. You have to just love all of it. You have to love and accept all of it. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm not the only one that has a part that like really likes to just be seen, no makeup on, in my true vulnerable like state. And then there's another part of me that like just thrives off of 
being on stage with makeup on and like looking my very best and like speaking from like a this very high self-worth and not to say that I'm not at a high self-worth when I don't have makeup on, but it's just a different like energy that emanates whenever I'm <laughs> got makeup on versus not makeup on. It's just and both of them are me and um internal family systems it kind of goes into like you have different parts of yourselves and there's going to be a part that might be a jealous like little child and there's and the thing is you have to accept all of it so again not getting into that today but that is on the horizon so touching back onto something that I did say a couple weeks ago that's going to get into why I just got emotional just a second ago um what happens, I think I said this, maybe it was last episode or the episode before, that basically you teach people how to treat you like your people are a mirror to you and they're basically how you feel about yourself, they're going to see you as. But the same thing is when you're seeing something in somebody that triggers you, that's a wound that needs healing. Um, when, they, when they're reflecting some back to you, something back to you. And okay, let me just give you a straight example. We talked about, I, sh- I was sharing with you at the beginning of the episode, unworthiness. We knew that was a wound. I worked through that, and I proved that to myself whenever I stood up on stage in a pageant that I had previously won and didn't even place top five. And that feeling, like even my ego had to die a little bit. Like it was, like my dad, I don't even think he wants to come to another pageant because it stressed him out so bad. Like it's just, it was, I had a moment, but at the end of the day, like I proved to myself that I truly felt worthy. Like it did not shake me whatsoever. No, it wasn't like the best feeling. And yes, I cried. I was a little sad, but I recovered like a day or two. And it wasn't like, I only felt a little sick for like a day. And, but I knew I was going to get through it. And I knew it wasn't shaking my self-worth. And that is something that I couldn't have said until I healed that root of unworthiness. Well, there's like sub roots or whatever. There's like roots that are roots, but like they're not as deep as that root. And one of mine that spoke to me recently was like this. I couldn't place my finger on whether it was not good enough or it was unwantedness. I think at first I was thinking it was not good enough. And I was thinking of all the ways that I... Do and they maybe I have two other sub ones I'm like healing at the same time. One is not good enough, and that manifests in me having to post on social media um, achievements because of the period of my life. <laughs> but I just wasted just to say, like. Like, this is me. It's like I'm still trying to, you know, my dad said, you don't have anything to prove anymore. He said this probably over a year ago. And I think it was after the pageant stuff. Maybe he felt like that was also a way. But now it's just a, it's helping me grow. So it's not, I do think in the beginning it was that. But, you know, that's that's a way that I, that it manifests and um here recently I was essentially rejected by someone that I like 
deeply, deeply love in a way that was like, I don't want you. I don't want you in my life. I think that they love me, but the part of me feels like at first I started shaming myself to be like, you know, this is about the past and this is just something I'm going to have to deal with. And I kind of, this is the one thing that I can't make right. I can trauma response, like heal and like, you know, achieve myself out of into self-worth and the people of the people's eyes right I can do everything on paper and in front of people that no one could say a bad thing about me or say that any part of who I thought I was was there but in this this particular instance that's what I was feeling like but as I I seriously went through some this is some deep, deep emotions with it. And what it is, is it's not, it's not about even my past because it goes even deeper than that. It's been the entire time that I've had a relationship with this person that they've made me feel this way. And it's just like when you're a kid and you feel it, you just stuff it. Or you don't say, this person doesn't want me. And it makes me feel sad. It's, you feel ashamed for even feeling that somebody doesn't want you. And you just don't process it. You just, like, live with it. And you maybe even overreach to try to, maybe not overreach is the word, but you overextend yourself, that's the word, to try to, you know, have their affection or their attention, and, I mean, that's what it is, and, like, but you can, you can heal that, and that's what I'm working on, is the not good enough wound, and the (laughs) unwanted wound, and I share all this, because if this is, if you've been listening since the beginning, you know why I share this, but if this is new to you, There's so many things people are afraid to speak out loud or afraid to even admit to themselves. And I go so deep. And I do that because it's just my way. I don't know any other way. And maybe that's part of my gift is that I can express it with words and out loud. And then give other people a pathway to healing. Because they're able, it resonates with them. Excuse me. It resonates with them, and then they're able to say, hey, that's that's the root of my self-destructive behavior, too. Attention-seeking is self-destructive. It's very common. It's normal. But it's, it's, it's not... It's self-destructive in the sense of, no, it's not smoking a cigarette that can cause you cancer, or it's not... You know, all the damage we know that drugs does, but, or all the, you know, different kinds of drugs do, but it's self-destructive in, you know, the goal is to be walking ourselves back home. You know, we were born and created pure, and, like, the goal is to 
get back to that space. We can't, we can't stay there, but I've had moments of spiritual, um, I don't want to say awakenings, but spiritual, like something to do with, what is the word? Sometimes I think some things I just want to make up a word for, but I've had moments of spiritual, like, um, mountaintops where I felt that where I felt myself get walked back home and I felt myself back in my pure state. And then I thought, oh my, I can't like watch another scary movie. I can't, I've got to protect my, like, cause, but it's true. Like, you know, if you want to stay in a pure state, you've got to protect your mind. You've got to, but we can't live like that. We've got to like be out in the world and like helping people. We've got to project our own energy. Like it's just, like, it's meant, I feel like those spiritual mountaintop experiences are meant to show us, like, hey, there's a God. Hey, miracles exist. Hey, there's, like, other dimensions. There's a whole other world beyond worlds, like, but we're not meant to stay there because then we would not be relatable to anybody on earth. But something that I read by this um lady, Lacey Phillips, that is really, like, really resonated with me. I kind of went through, like, I spoke last week about how people are mirrors, and then I went through this experience, and it was, like, a deep, deep, deep wound that my husband's like, hey, this doesn't even matter. He'll, okay, so I know he's listening, and he's probably, like, cringing right now, because he'll say things, and maybe he doesn't use those words, but that's how I interpreted what I felt he said, and that will always be the same is that, hey, this doesn't even matter in the most loving way. Just move on. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't need that person to want you in their life. You, this is your life as it is without. You're good. You know, that's, that's just how it is. But, energetically and emotionally, I knew, oh, I'm like touching on something big. Like this is about that person because I do love that person, but this is like so much like deeper. It's like, it's about like that. What happens is, is the total trigger word. When you get triggered about something, it's because something else wounds you in the same way that is so much deeper and you've covered up so much that it feels the way it does, not because of just that instance, because, but because of the very core, like, instance. And you've got to, like, go back to that very first memory when you're meditating. Basically, like, self-hypnotism, which I talked about on, like, two episodes. I was like, hey, I'm going to try to figure out how to just, like, do this myself. Okay, so you meditate, and then you speak positive things to yourself. Well, I'm finding more online from people that are kind of in agreement with that. And it's, it's working for me, the tapping and the, you know, I am, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I'm not going to get into like the things I say to myself whenever, but there's something to do with like, you're supposed to, um, you could do on your legs, like tap because it creates like new neural pathways and you're basically like reprogramming your subconscious, which is, my subconscious is what's telling me I'm unwanted or I'm not good enough that everything in my life 
manifests from those beliefs, the self-limiting beliefs. And that I'm trying to get to the root. I'm trying to heal it all. And I don't want to just like, okay, I don't drink alcohol. I don't have caffeine. I've like, let's say I'm vegan. I don't know. Like all the things that everybody would say would is healthy. I am not vegan. But what is it? What is that quote? Like you can exercise and eat all the healthy things. But if you don't work on what's going on in your heart and soul, you are not healthy. I want to be the healthiest I can be. So anyway, let me just share with something she said. Um, like, basically, she's saying that what I experienced was, I didn't talk to her directly, but just from the material that I read online, she's saying that what I experienced was a test. Like, when you're trying to manifest something, and in me, what I'm trying to manifest, I'll just be honest. I'm tr- I want to be Mrs. International. I want to speak on stages. I want to um, have a book deal. Like, j- just to name a few things, right? Those are three things that are not happening that I believe should happen and will happen. And it wasn't even like I wanted to do it. Like, I know for a fact that it's like my calling. Like, I know it to my core. And you listening, you have those things in your heart. And for me at one time, it was a husband. Okay. It was children. Like you're going to continually having goals, things you want to manifest like throughout your entire life. But this is just where I'm at in mind. I've got the husband, I've got the career, I've got the children. Like, okay, well there's levels, you know, when I get there speaking on stages, book deals, whatever. Well, then I might want to think I really want to manifest a successful book launch because right now, like that's not on my mind. Like I don't have the capacity yet to like think like that because I've got to first, you know, get a book deal. And, um, but it said when you experience a test, which is, I know that experience that I had this past weekend, or I'm going to give you two scenarios. That's what I had this past weekend where I was faced with just not being wanted. And also whenever I didn't even place top five at a pageant that I had just went in thinking that I was going to be one of the two titles because you re- you can receive two titles. Like I just knew that that was what I was supposed to do. I'd already done it before and I was coming back to do it again. And I didn't even get top five. And that was a test. And it says, when you're receiving tests, this means that your manifestation is orbiting you. In other words, your manifestation wants to come through and is asking for you to up-level your self-worth to meet it. When things are showing up that don't feel good, tests that you've settled for before, they're here to mirror and show you what you subconsciously need to shift. And I totally passed both tests because whenever you pass the test, it's basically saying to God, the universe, that my self-worth has increased. You gave me this test. I did not fall back into self-destructive behaviors. I didn't go back into feeling like, oh, I'm not worthy. And this is, this is something against Like, something's wrong with me when I didn't think. In fact, my thoughts were, something's wrong with them. (laughs) Like, that was truly my thought. And, like, to this day, I'm sorry, but, (laughs) and I love, that is just my truth. And that is the end of that sentence. So, um, but the, but with this thing, you know, I could have gotten, I don't know, reactive and maybe blocked this person from social media 
who were not even following each other, you know, but I could have like done something super petty because that thought crossed my mind because <laughs> I'm like, I know that they look at my stuff because sometimes it'll show me on my stories. So I could have done that, but I didn't. And, um, I'm trying to think of another example of how I could have shown that like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not ready for this manifestation, but all I know is like, I leaned into, Oh, I could have went back. I could have been like, Hey, I want to smoke a bowl or I want to take a gummy or something like that. Something to just like ease that feeling when you're feeling your feelings and it's very intense and you're crying. And like, you heard me a few minutes ago, but it's like very, very deep. And it lasts a little bit longer. I could have done something to make that stop. I could have eaten sugar, eaten and not been like, you know what? I just want to have some ice cream. I could have done any of those things and I didn't do it. Um, so that said, you know, that I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready to speak on stages. I'm ready for this book deal. I'm ready to be Mrs. International. And if I'm not, again, your loss, um, the science behind test It's actually a really good thing in manifestation to be receiving tests because it means that shifts to your neural architecture are being made in the background. The more you get tested, the more you're connecting up neurons with new synapses, which means new subconscious beliefs. Often when you're facing a test, it stirs up survival survival emotions, fear, anger, disgust, shame, sadness, which releases stress hormones that can biased decision-making. I'm going to interject here and say another test that I experienced recently was when both of my parents were in Israel and I didn't, I only acted like a normal person would, not like a super traumatized, like low self-worth. Like I was like, I asked my husband, I asked every sane person I knew, is this basically my husband and my next door, Christine, next door neighbor, Christine. (laughs) Those are the only sane people I know. But I asked them, I was like, And she's going through something right now. So she might not be my person until she heals what she's about to go through. That's a whole other story. Um, Not for me to talk about. But basically, I said, is this me? The way I'm free, how I'm high and low and like not high and low, but like crying and then I'm good centered and I'm getting emotional and fearful and then I'm getting centered when, you know, both of my parents are in Israel and there's a war going on and they can't leave. And she was like, this is like a situation like nobody could tell, nobody's really been in to navigate. And like, I think you're handling it just as well as anybody could. And my husband said the same thing. He was like, no, you have every right to like be feeling what you're feeling. Like I'm feeling like it. And it's not even, you know, my parents, it's my in-laws. One, I'm not even really close to, but the other, you know, my mom and dad, like my stepmom, who's been my stepmom since I was two, my dad, like he's really close to them. And he felt what I felt, which is like, okay, we're we're good. We're centered. And then all of a sudden you hear about like rockets towards the airport. You're like, oh my gosh, are they dying? Like what's, what's about to happen? Is the world ending? Like, you know, it was just very, it really rocked me. And I consider that a test too. So in a stress, in this stress state, your brain is twice as likely to decide to avoid loss rather than reap a delayed reward, which is why it feels so easy to settle. I didn't binge on sugar then too. No, I did it on Halloween, but I didn't in those moments of the tests. This dynamic, well, maybe that was a test too, and I failed that one, but oh well, the next one I'm going to pass. Okay, this dynamic sheds light on why it is vital to reprogram your low self-worth, fear-based beliefs regularly. 
Over time, you will start to strengthen your trust muscle as you notice all the positive outcomes as a result of the last time you passed a test. You'll soon be able to self-soothe by telling yourself you've done it before so you can do it again. The reason why blocks stand in the way of manifestations is because these deep subconscious wounds keep us operating in low self-worth beliefs and behaviors that are actively limiting our potential. Until these wounds are brought back to the surface and healed, you can't project the high self-worth you innately have. Since our reality is a mirror reflecting our subconscious self-worth, which is what I would, goes with what I was saying a couple weeks ago, and it goes with how that person rejecting me was actually a gift because it was like, hey, this unwantedness that you're feeling, you need to like look at that and heal it which I did because of how I, bad I cried. Since our reality is a mirror reflecting our subconscious self-worth, the universe begins to send us tests to show us exactly where we need to raise our self-worth in order to align with our manifestations. Tests are the opportunities, situations, triggers, and relationships that ask us if we'll continue to settle for less than we deserve or slip back into old self-worth patterns and habits. It's important to know that tests are never punishments. In fact, they're invitations from the universe to step into our already whole-worthy self. And then triggers. Her, Her interpretation of triggers which I agree with, tests that present as an emotional or egoic reaction. When you're feeling activated or you react in a way of judgment, anger, low self-worth, extreme sadness, hello, pain, jealousy, etc. These triggers, tests in disguise, serve as mirrors for what needs to be unblocked, healed, and integrated as they point to exactly where we're projecting our blocks onto other people or external situations. These triggers effectively test you by asking you to look at the root. Will you keep repeating this pattern or will you heal the underlying emotion and show up differently this time? Um, And my manifestation blocks that I've uncovered that I'll share with you. And if they resonate, then you can be praying about this for yourself. You can be, when you're at the end of yoga and meditation, be thinking the opposite and, you know, just kind of tap one finger on your heart um, to like the music one like each finger, like left, right, left, right sort of thing. Um, not good enough, defective. I'm still keeping unworthy, even though I feel like I'm good with that. Who, who does it? Like life hits you. Things happen. Like just because I might've healed the huge root unworthiness wound doesn't mean things might come up and there might be some residue. I don't know. So I put not good enough, defective, unworthy, Everything in our life is a mirror. I've said this before. How we feel about ourselves will come out. That was my little quote that I wanted to include at the end or beginning or middle. Who knows? I I never really plan um, the structure of this podcast. And maybe one day I'll have a manager who tells me to do differently. But right now, I'm just winging it. Anyways, I know I've been talking for a while. I've got the boys in there. I kept them home from school today. And um, when my husband's out of town which you're listening to this tomorrow. If you have any stalkers, he is back by the time you're listening to this. He always makes sure that I'm not uh, reckless with letting um, instant instant message, whatever it's called, social media and stuff know. But uh, again, by the time you've heard this message, he's already back. And uh, But anyway, I kept the boys home and we got haircuts or he got, they got haircuts. We went to a movie. I didn't let them touch their screens, uh, iPads, until 
to not whenever it was time to record my podcast. And I'll give him another hour. Uh, you know, the two hour scream time totally went out the window on Thanksgiving break. I'm talking like they were on it pretty much all day. And it just kind of makes you feel like, ugh, like you know it's not healthy, even though it's kind of convenient. Um, but I just kept him out of the house and we had a fun day. And anyway, um, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry I get choked up because I know it's hard to understand people when they do that. Um, this is a safe space for me and it's a safe space for you. And I think that's why I do have the loyal listeners that I do because you guys know, like, I'm going to keep it real. And if I'm not keeping it real, it's I'm on a path to where I'm inviting the junk to come up so I can heal it and keep on getting more real. I don't want to, I don't want to not be real. I want to be as authentically me as possible. And, um, yeah, I'll let you know what I study up on the internal family systems. Go ahead and look it up in the meantime. That's your homework. Let's study it together. And I kind of wish you could dialogue back so it could be more like a conversation versus just my take on it. Cause I love hearing what other people digest and process from things that they read because there's a whole other world and other perspectives. I really value other people, like what they think about and um, how they view the world because sometimes they're right and then it expands my world and sometimes like I shed light on things that they didn't think about. So hopefully that's why you're here. I offer you something and you're not just, you know, just trying to be mean if you're (laughs) one of the people that don't want me. Anyway, love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.